prophecy is being fulfilled as we speak. And I'm afraid to say that things are not going to get better. They will continue to worsen progressively because there is no repentance, no turning away from sin. The unfortunate part is that God is providing the circumstances so mankind understands that they need Him. But rather than turning to the Lord, people are turning away from Him. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about a call to repentance. Sin cannot be qualified by the world or society, nor should people go by their own opinions. God is the only one that has defined sin, and if a person wants to attain eternal life through Jesus Christ, they need to repent and convert from all sins. There is no salvation otherwise. God calls all to repent and convert because it is His will that all people be saved. But repentance is not an imposition, it's a choice. But it's a choice that must be made for there to be eternal life. Today's message is inspired on Amos chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed be your name, Lord God, for you are good and your mercy is everlasting. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord. I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks for the hope that we have through him. I give you thanks, O Lord, for the way of salvation that you have given us through him, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, Holy God, that you please forgive my sins. Please, Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. Please always remember us in your mercy and in your grace. Heavenly Father, we trust in you. Lord God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to be conscious of the different things that we need to turn away from. Help us, O Lord, to have a repentant heart. Help us to be sensitive, Lord God, to the promptings of your Holy Spirit. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's key passage can be found in Amos chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. This is the word of the Lord. Hear this word, which I take up against you, a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel has fallen. She will rise no more. She lies forsaken on her land. There is no one to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, The city that goes out by a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which goes out by a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, nor enter Gilgal, nor pass over to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it, with no one to quench it in Bethel. You who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to the rest in the earth. He made the Pleiades and Orion. He turns the shadow of death into morning and makes the day dark as night. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. He rains ruin upon the strong, so that fury comes upon the fortress. They hate the one who rebukes in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. Therefore, because you tread down the poor 
and take grain taxes from him. Though you have built houses of hewn stone, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice at the gate. Therefore the prudent keep silent at that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. So the Lord God of hosts will be with you as you have spoken. Hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. What is repentance? Or what does repentance mean? It means to turn from sin and dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life, to feel regret or contrition, to change one's mind. In this passage, God is calling Israel to repentance. And so he is calling them to consider their wrong ways, to understand the evil they are doing, and to turn away from their sins, to change, to look to do good and not evil. Now someone might say, what is good and what is evil? That is quite the problem nowadays because society and even so-called believers have created their own standard of what is right and wrong, good and evil. Since many believers have adopted the ways of the world, they have developed within themselves their own religion, their own standard for good. That's the time in which we live in today. And why does that happen? Because there is not enough faith to consider that there is an ultimate authority that will judge us all for our actions. The concept of an all-seeing and righteous God has somehow been erased from many people's minds. Many people within our congregations are no longer taught that God is who He is as we see Him in His Word and that we must fear and respect Him. Instead, many are taught that God is love and that He will forgive everything and that He is so loving that He will just let it all go. Many are taught that if you just believe in Him, that you are saved and that you have nothing else to worry about. And what is the product of that false gospel? What you have today. People that have established their own will and desire as a standard for morality and salvation. It is no longer God's will be done. It is my will be done. And if by any chance God doesn't support what I want to do, then He better watch out because I will be upset with Him, to say the least. Now, there is nothing new in this. Just like the preacher said, there is nothing new under the sun. These sentiments of self-governance and self-justification and empowerment have always existed. As a matter of fact, we read of this same thing in the last verse of the book of Judges, where it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So in that time, there was no concept of authority, nothing to make people think that they are accountable to someone. And it is the same thing now. So what is the difference between then and now? The problem is that the majority of people are living in this manner, including those that have been exposed somehow to God's truth. So they don't ignore the truth. I'm afraid to say that an extreme few people actually fear God and understand that they will give an account to the Lord for their actions in the end. Some might say, how can you say that? Easy, just look around. The great majority of people do whatever they want, whenever they want and however they want, and they run over their neighbor if they have to, or they just utilize people for their own intentions. If you look at marriages, for instance, there's usually one that utilizes the other person or have ulterior motives. Children now govern their parents. 
There's hardly anyone that thinks that God is watching them. Most people that profess believing in God believe that God is there to serve them and not the other way around. And they justify themselves by thinking that they are living some sort of good life because they're not breaking social laws. Most people judge as sin killing someone, for instance. That's what most people think when, you, when they think about sin. And so they don't tend to think that fornication is sin or adultery is sin or taking advantage of people is sin or supporting those things that are sinful before God as sin. This is what the Bible says in Romans. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. And of course, you have those that have forged relationships with people that do not take God into account. And like that, they have become a friend to the world. Are we supposed to have contact with unbelievers? Of course we are, but only with the sole purpose to help them come to the truth and not to condone their sinful lifestyle and least of all, to participate or form part of it. The word of God is also very clear in this where it says in James chapter four, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. But God is saying today, turn from your sin, understand what is wrong and turn from it. Do good, not your brand of good, but what I say that is good because in the end, I will bring every action to the light and will judge you by them. And why is God saying something like that? God's call to repentance always comes before his judgment comes. In today's key passage, God was calling Israel to repentance because he was going to judge them for their wrong actions. The book of Amos was the first prophetic book written to Israel where God was telling them that he was going to judge the nation. And Israel didn't listen, and they misunderstood God's mercy and grace, his patience for weakness or non-existence. But God's mercy did come to an end one day. His constant call to repentance was not heeded by the people, and God did execute his judgment on the entire nation. And he used first the Assyrians to inflict sun judgment on his people, and then it culminated with the Babylonian conquest, where much of Israel was either killed or brought as slaves to the Babylonian kingdom. Only the poor were left to cultivate the land for Babylon. God's judgment was dreadful on his people. This is what most people misunderstand about God. He is love, he is very gracious, he is incredibly merciful, but he is also righteous and just. He is holy, and as such he cannot turn a blind eye to sin, especially when it is committed by people that know better. The truth of God, salvation through Jesus Christ is a wonderful thing. It's the answer to man's eternal sin problem. But it can only be of any good if a person takes it seriously and heeds God's call to repentance and conversion and to the acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord. But if God's call is not valued and taken seriously, but rather mocked or despised, 
then there is an accountability for knowing the truth and disregarding it. There are two things that happen when God's truth is ignored and when a person succumbs to their own sinful and lustful desires. The first problem is that sin within itself bears consequences. That's just the structure of the universe. God does not need to go out of his way or exert some sort of special power to bring about judgment per se. There is an ultimate truth that God says in his word, and that is that the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? That when you sin, the natural consequence of sin or what you buy with sin is death for yourself. Sin, whether small or great, does not bring anything good. There is no life or completeness in sin. Sin only destroys and brings about eternal death if not dealt with conclusively through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what God's word says in the book of Ezekiel. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father built the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And so as we can read plainly, sin winding up in death is consequential. God doesn't necessarily need to go out of his way to do anything because sin by itself bears its own consequences. But what is also true is that God does punish. God does bring about judgment, both in the temporary world, but even more importantly, in the future, upon those that sin willfully, upon those that despise his truth and reject his salvation. Just as we've said before, there is a liability for knowing the gospel. Once a person has been exposed to God's truth, but rejects it, then God can and will bring about judgment. This is what is written even concerning his own people when there is willful sinning against him. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so it is something completely inexcusable before God for people that have been exposed to his truth to willfully sin against that same truth. If a person rejects the sacrifice of Jesus Christ willfully, then there is nothing else that can be done for them. They are bringing upon themselves God's judgment. That's why this so-called preaching and teaching about God not judging and holding accountable those that are called his people when they sin against him is completely and utterly wrong. It's a lie from Satan himself. God's word cannot be taken lightly or for granted, least of all by people that proclaim having some sort of faith in him. God's judgment is already in motion. The world has already entered what the Bible teaches as the end times. Prophecy is being fulfilled as we speak, and I'm afraid to say that things are not going to get better. They will continue to worsen progressively because there is no repentance, no turning away from sin. The unfortunate part is that God is providing the circumstances so mankind understands that they need Him. But rather than turning to the Lord, people are turning away from Him. There is less repentance 
and more rebellion. So globally, we are where we are, and there's nothing that will stop that. So even more so, for those that still have the ability to understand what is happening, I urge you to repent, to turn away from sin, to allow yourself to continue to be changed by the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Because no matter what happens with the world itself, each one of us will have our own accountability before the Lord. And our own end can happen at any moment, especially considering the precarious times that we live in. Sickness and disease can strike at any moment. Accidents happen all of the time. There is violence and war everywhere. There are just too many things that can go wrong. And any one of us can face our maker at a moment's notice. This is not a scare tactic. This is reality. Ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever a time to get things right with the Lord, it would be right now, today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of repentance. Don't leave for tomorrow what needs to happen today. None of us know what tomorrow holds for each of us. We always need to hold this truth in our minds and in our hearts. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And so I urge you, think and meditate in your ways and repent from your sins. Turn while there's still time. Do the Father's will while it can still count in your favor. For these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And so start doing the Father's will by repenting and converting from all your sins so that when your time comes, whenever that is, that you may be ready to face him through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is absolutely necessary that if a person does want to have eternal life, the type that God promises through the Lord Jesus Christ, that they need to repent and convert from all sins. There is no salvation without that. The Bible teaches that throughout its passages, it's essential. There is no other way. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And it is also written in 1 John, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so if a person wants to truly be saved, they need to get over the dilemma of what is or is not sin. Sin is whatever the word of God says is sin and not what society says is sin, and not what our subjective minds want to justify or not. We need to go by God's standard. The Word of God is the standard by which every single person will be judged. And so for repentance and conversion, the understanding of sin must come through what God's Word says is sin. And that's what we need to refer to for complete repentance. And there must be complete 100% repentance if a person wants to truly be saved, if they want to be born again, there can be no reservations with the Lord. There can be none of this, I'm really sorry for some things, but not sorry for others, or justifying actions. 
The Bible teaches that we must die to ourselves. The baptism of John the Baptist, the baptism of repentance consisted of complete immersion in water, which meant that a person was completely repented. That is what prepares the way of the Lord to enter into a person's life. Jesus Christ can only come to live in a person's heart when there is complete repentance. That's the bottom line. This is what John the Baptist said as he was fulfilling his ministry. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And so if you truly want to be saved, repent and convert from all of your sins and believe and receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. That's how you start doing God's will and the beginning of the journey towards eternal life. If you have not made that decision, I urge you for your own sake, do it now. Come to Jesus, come to his salvation, repent, convert and believe in the Lord so you can have eternal life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, help us to understand your love, your grace and your mercy. But help us to also understand, Lord God, your righteousness, your holiness, and your judgment. Help us to understand, O Lord God, that you have provided a way for salvation. And Lord God, the only way that we can be saved is by repenting and converting from all of our sins, by turning away from our sins with all of our hearts and turning to you, Lord God and believing in Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that even when we make that decision to accept Jesus into our lives, that every day that goes by, we need to let your Holy Spirit work in us and that he may continue to transform us and make us into the new people that you want us to be. Help us to understand that we need to leave sin behind that we need to lead transformed lives, that we need to make ourselves ready to your Holy Spirit, through your word, for the kingdom that is coming. Heavenly Father, please have mercy on us, but please help us to have repentant and sensitive hearts to you. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.